episode number four of the podcast coming at you now. Welcome. Thanks for listening. You are listening to Fine Tuning with Marcus Matijic. And I'm super stoked because I have new music out. It is an album called Character Witness. It's an Americana album. It just came out, so you can check that out on Spotify. Um, super proud of this album. I'm recording here today in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is actually where I made the album. Um, I made it over at Mr. Small's recording studio. Um, fantastic producer, uh, fantastic musicians. We've got a band together, and it's just an album that was written on the road while I was traveling. Um, and I really couldn't be more proud of it. So if you go to my Instagram, Marcus Matijic, M-A-T-I-C-I-C, uh, you'll find a link to the Spotify. You can stream it. You know, it's it's pretty much available everywhere. So Matijic, M-A-T-I-C-I-C. The album is called Character Witness. And uh, before we get started here with the podcast, I'm going to go ahead and play you one of those tracks. It is called Darkness. Yes, there's a darkness you
Yes, there's a darkness you won't believe. Oh, darkness, a darkness indeed. They say take the straight path like we've all done before. The destination's waiting for me. Said the destination's waiting Okay, now that the uh, now that that's out of the way, we're getting down to the fun part of this. Um, today, my my good old friend Kelly Brennan is with me. Now, Kelly Brennan, welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, she is a super mom, and I'm say it again, <laughs> super mom. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, with Mother with Mother's Day coming up, I thought it would be cool to talk um, about parenthood and and things of that nature because you've done something similar that my mom did. No way. Yeah. My mom was a nurse um and then after she had her uh um third my my second brother the uh she stopped being a nurse and just was a stay-at-home mom. They they obviously didn't have websites and blogs back then. Which but, is the hardest job to do. Yeah, she uh, and she just kind of sacrificed her own career um, to take care of us. And I just, I'm a little biased, but I think we all turned out probably better for it. And uh, so in this day and age of, of, of women, you know, really fighting for what they deserve in, in terms of the professional industry, um, you kind of took a step back and said, you know what, I want to do this. Uh, yeah, this was the scariest yet most rewarding decision I've ever done. Now, now Kelly, for anyone who doesn't know, um, Kelly Brennan was, uh, worked for the ABC affiliate here in Pittsburgh, um, W-A-T-E. And uh, she, superstar report, I mean, I, Kelly and I met in college. She was leaving as a senior when I was coming in as a freshman at Ohio University. And uh, she her and her classmates took me under their wing and just introduced me to this whole world of, of broadcast journalism and um, just just really opened my world in terms of the industry and preparing me um, uh, for for that for that career. And um, that's how we met. But so so now you have this uh, you've established your career. You get to Pittsburgh, a very, very high market. This and, was my goal. Yeah. Yeah. So to you're get from, this. I'm from Pittsburgh, and so I wanted to get back to this market. It's a great place to live, raise a family, great place to work. And so I never thought I'd leave. I never thought I'd leave that job. So you get here, you you and your husband, mm-hmm. you're married, and you end up with your first child. Did, was yeah. when you t- when you decided to take the step back? Did you did you always knew know that that was what you were going to do? To step out? Yeah. No, I knew that. I never plant my feet and stay. So I I knew that I was always keeping the door open to other stuff. I like to constantly evolve and grow and challenge myself. But at the same time, I know this kind of contradicts the statement. I still never thought I'd leave because I had this wonderful steady job that I had worked so hard for. And in television news, the jobs are limited. I mean, you're walking into a station where you have 10 reporters one person leaves and you have hundreds applying for that job. So people thought I was crazy when I decided to go and said, like, you know, you, you might not get back in. And I feel otherwise. I feel like I have grown so much as a journalist 
and networked and trust myself in my instincts that whether or not it's t- if it's TV or if it's something else, I just feel confident that wherever I land, it's going to be great. And right now where I've landed is kind of being my own boss and my own content creator. And it has been fascinating. So before before we want to plug this, uh, the your, your brand here, kellybrennan412.com. But before we dive into what that is all about, yeah. I am interested because uh, did you, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, okay, did you bring it up to, to your husband that said, look, I think I want to, I think I want to step out and do this. I think he being, you know, my best support system, he knew without me having to say it. I I love the storytelling and I love especially meeting the people of Pittsburgh. It is so it's so fun to to meet Yinzers and I say that word with so much affection because I grew up in this city. We're Yinzers ourselves. Every day was so joyful, but at the same time so challenging because I was meeting people on the worst days of their lives. I covered nothing but negative stories and breaking news for the eleven o'clock show. And it was starting to take a toll. I was getting these panic attacks where I couldn't knock on someone's door to ask for an interview because I thought, this is not the time that they need to be meeting me. This is not appropriate. Yet, I also found the value in telling their story. So I was at this like this difficult place of to do or not to do. And it started to just keep happening again and again and again. And then we got pregnant. I got pregnant with our, our second child. And it just so happened my due date was at the same time as my contract was ending. So it was kind of this moment where everything's coming together and it's like, okay, we have to make a decision. And I considered staying, went through all the contract talks. um, But knowing my worth and fighting for my worth, I didn't want to settle for what I was being offered. And I had a great team that I was working with there. So it was really hard to decide to leave. But I just felt like, What's to come, which is a second baby, I'll have two children under the age of three. It's going to be challenging. I know I struggled with like a postpartum anxiety and depression the first time around. So I had to put myself first. And it was the it was the, just the best thing to do to step out. Well, and it's one of the reasons why I was so interested in talking to you, because I feel like w- what you're talking about here, this uh, discontent with... Um, the job or the industry or the the way things were going. Not that you know you're technically unhappy, but just that you a, a little unsure of of what's going on. I feel like a lot of people deal with that with their jobs. Um, whether it's they're afraid to leave because there is this security involved, or there's this health insurance, or you know whatever the case might be that's keeping them in a position that they might not necessarily fully believe in um, or anything like that so the fact that you were that you actually found the courage to make a change and say look I want to do this it's unknown I don't know exactly if I'll be able to get back into this or whatever it is I gotta take a leap of faith and do what I think is right yeah and I think people who are feeling that way you just have to trust your gut there comes a point where you can't keep living so unhappy or where you're not being challenged or doing creative things anymore. If you're just going through the motions every day, that's no way to live. So if that's you and your gut is saying, I got to get out, I got to figure out something else, you know, do it. Yeah. Do and, it. And how, and for you, uh, you've already mentioned your husband is the support, you know, support system. But 
Uh, and that goes for anybody. I mean, find somebody to talk to about this stuff because, you know, if you're thinking something like this, it's very important to have someone that you can, whether it's a, a spiritual, you know, leader or a, a parent or a brother, sister, friend, whatever it is, talk it out. And then usually, uh, if, at least for me, once I, like, vocalize something and I, it kind of legitimizes it, I can either at that point – yeah, let's proceed or say, eh, no, that's a dumb idea. Let's not do that. Yes, vocalizing it is key. I think that's part of the healing and figuring out what's next. Okay. So now that you take your step away yeah. from your from this uh, journalism career you worked, uh, that I witnessed you work hard for, um, you. The, uh, you, you create this lifestyle um, kind of support website for other mothers. Yeah. I fell into that because I needed it. Okay. I created it because I needed it. <laughs> I was home raising two kids for six months, and I was isolated. I was so lonely. I went from this high-pressure, high-power job to high-pressure, high-power in the house, but with no one around me. And the the days of babies crying and changing diapers, it started to take its toll, and I was lost I My identity was gone. I didn't know who I was other than mom. And so I started writing, which you as a musician, musician can relate to this. Like you, you start just to write what you feel and you get your own healing from that. You're vocalizing it that way. And so I started writing and I thought, you know, this is what I'm good at. This is what I know. So I created the blog and it's kellybrennan412.com. And 412 is the area code that I lived lived in, grew up in, raising my family in. And I value that because Pittsburgh has meant so much to me. So the focus is a lot on being a mom and kind of surviving it, finding your joy in it. It's not negative and it's not sad. There are times I write these, I would call them like opinion articles on just how I feel that day. But then there's other times where I partner with these great people and entrepreneurs in Pittsburgh and I'm just kind of showcasing their product or their company because it's something that has made my life easier as a woman and as a mom and it's a way to just kind of build this network for other women in the area and and I know it at first I was kind of like um because it's like hey Marcus what do you know about motherhood <laughs> nothing okay I get that but so why are you interested in a topic like this and I think it's because as I follow you online and I saw like different tweets you were putting out and stuff like that it was like, man, she's being really open and very honest yeah. with what this is. And um, I've you see it periodically. I mean, I, you see a lot of parents out in public and whatnot. And I think it's very easy to be overwhelmed by it. Because, like, parenting is the hardest job to be good at, you know? Amen. I, I just, I don't know. My sister uh, is, is a wonderful mother. My mom was a wonderful mother. And... Uh, but I, I, it's, it's a job that nearly everybody is going to do, you know. Which I mean, maybe is why you're interested, because someday <laughs> maybe someday you'll I'll have children. <laughs> well, someday you're going to have children, you're in, and you might have a female in your life that you're supporting in that capacity. Right. And maybe this is just giving you some sort of insight into what, what could be to come for your life. Well, in terms of, for me at least, it's just an opportunity to grow and learn other people's perspective. Yeah. Um, but... The the thing that really kind of interests me the most was that, you know, your what you were feeling is probably what I'd say 99% of mothers out there have felt at some point. But we're too ashamed to say it. 
it's hard to say because you don't want to be judged for it. Women, so many women that I know, their goal was just to become a mother and they're so excited for it. That first pregnancy, everyone around them is excited. Can't wait to see pictures of this baby. And then boom, maybe it's postpartum hormones. Maybe it's an anxiety or depression or just a, a fear that sets in. And you're afraid to say it because everyone was so encouraging of you to get to this spot. It was your goal to have this child. And then when it settles in and it's so difficult and exhausting, it's hard to say, hey, I'm struggling or, hey, I don't always like this. You love those children, but there are days that are just really blasted hard. Yeah. Yeah. How did you deal with it? Um, Like what kind of was there some I know you mentioned the writing, but what kind of got you through that anxiety or the depression? Started talking about it started talking about it and sharing it. And each time I did, I healed a little bit. I would talk to a mom at a park and somehow it would, you know, our kids would be running around and we would just connect instantly. Moms just connect. And I'd share it there. Um, And they would say, oh, me too. I'm feeling that way too. And that was healing. And then I got this awesome partnership with AHN Women. AHN is Allegheny Health Network here in Pittsburgh. And the women's marketing team is so passionate about sharing women's health stories. So we partnered to start doing that on social media. And that was healing for me. I got to talk to other women in that capacity, share their stories, share mine. And through all of that, the conversation started to be normalized. And each time we talked, women would say, thank you. I feel more comfortable now talking about it because you did or she did or they did. And over time, it started to become just a natural form for me. Isn't it it almost kind of shocking that it took so long to even get to this point? Yes, because I'm sure if you were to go home and have this conversation with your mother today, like, hey, was that hard for you? What was that like? She's going to say yes. But back then, she didn't. And, and even before that, for our grandmothers, they were given these ridiculous drugs be- to just knock them out when they were struggling because no one knew how to deal with it. You have these mental health professionals who are so important and are so underpaid in, in communities that are understaffed in those positions. And really, that's what we need right now. It's 2019. Come on. Yeah. And here in Pittsburgh, we finally have a center for perinatal mood disorders. And it's named after a woman who took her own life. Because in 2013, she was turned away from, it was seven hospitals and crisis centers in the last 13 days of her life. Because no one knew what to do with her postpartum psychosis. They would pass her off and say like, oh, you're a problem for obstetrics. Go back to your OBGYN. And that person would say, no, you're a problem for a psychiatrist. She went after a psychiatrist and she couldn't get an appointment for two and a half months. She didn't get a call back until after she was dead for an appointment there. And her husband is the one who really spearheaded a foundation in her name, Alexis Joy Achille. And that's what started this whole change and shift and movement in Western PA. But the shame is that it's here, but all these women outside of Western PA don't have access to something like this. And it needs to be everywhere. Yeah. Well, especially when you think the major goal as a parent, right, is to, is to raise a child that becomes a productive human, you know, member of society, you know, accomplished person, um, happy person, that kind of thing. And if you need the help to get to raise that child to, I mean, the more healthy the mother is, the more healthy the father is, the better environment it's going to be for the baby. Yes, you you have to be the best version of yourself to take care of another human. Yeah, 
And that's why I think it's the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing in the world to do because you're, I mean, you're the biggest influencer of this of this little person that is going to grow right. up and probably make another person someday and do you know and the circle continues. But there's so there is so much joy in it too. I know we're talking about how hard it is, and yes, it is, and it's it feels good to say <laughs> that. Um, but then there are times you see this, you know, my little four-year-old at night, I, I, we say our prayers together and I kiss her goodnight and I say, I'm so proud of you. And she says, I'm proud of you too, mom. And like, there are just moments your heart just melts and you think, this is so cool. And you forget about the fact that, you know, she didn't want to eat her dinner. She didn't pick up her toys or the baby was having a meltdown. And it is just, the payoff is just right there with what you're doing and creating and, and shaping. There's nothing like it. They're, uh, they're they're amazing little beings, uh, right? Those, those and they tell children. it like it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really, um, uh, my little nephew is uh, is five or six, and uh, I think he's six, and uh, we'll write pen pal letters to each other. Oh and, wow, how oh, yeah. cute! But the hardest part is because he complains like his hand will start. I wanted to write you so much stuff, but my hand started hurting. But the funny thing is that he doesn't know is that his older sister's eight and she's got perfect penmanship. So when I write. I know she's going to see it, so I got to write neat enough for her to see it, which is hard for me, and then my hand hurts. So then I'm telling, hey, bro, I, you know, I know exactly what you're saying because my hand hurts too trying to pass your sister's penmanship test. What's cool is that you're writing and you're yeah. not emailing each other, <laughs> no, right? Uh, yeah, my, my five, six-year-old is definitely not, doesn't have an email address. <laughs> but uh, they're just, it, it really is. There's a joy, and I tell my sister and my brother-in-law this all the time um, because I see, I see the... Uh, effort that they're putting in, um, and and the very uh, they thought about it. Like, and I guess um, with them exposing me to little kids for the first time, it was I hope I didn't realize that you could actually have an approach to parenthood. So yeah. one thing that I was curious because I know and I've talked to them about their approach. Like they're doing things very, they're doing things on purpose. Okay. To um, so that way they don't influence them in a certain way or they don't uh um uh try and do something that might hurt you know uh, evolve uh, hurt them later or anything like that their their approach to parenting is very specific and very so i was wondering if you kind of had you and your husband kind of had that same thing where you actually with the first baby or whatever where you're like okay these are the this is the kind of parenting we wanted to Employed. We did have those conversations because we were raised, he and I were both raised by incredible examples. And we kind of pulled what we loved from both of our parents and talked about how can we, how can we do this, but do it our own way. And a lot of what we do on a day-to-day basis is prep, um, preparation. So we talk to our, da- our daughter, oldest is about to be four years old. And so even when she was little, we would talk to her and kind of tell her what was next because transitions can be really hard for kids. Transitions from eating your lunch to then having to go take a nap can be upsetting. But then it goes even bigger. Transitions from home to school, that can be upsetting. So if you prepare your child, what we have found, it has worked for us. It doesn't work for everyone. Sometimes it depends on the mood of the child. But constantly talking to her and telling her what's coming up next. Like even this morning, when she got up, I told her the layout of the day. So there were no surprises that mommy was going to be leaving. I was going to go meet a friend. We were going to do an interview. But when I come back, we're going to look forward to going to the park. It's those simple things that kind of help her mentally get through the day because it can be a lot for a young child to absorb change. 
Right. So that sounds so small, but in their world, that's that is their whole world. Yeah. Do you remember when you were? Uh, did you uh, think back to when you were a kid and you're like, okay, certain things that yeah. bothered me or certain things that, you know, okay, I'm gonna make sure I don't do that. No. Yes, I I can remember what sticks out are emotions. You kind of remember what brought you joy as a kid and what also scared you. And so in in those respects, I also tried to prepare Lily in different areas for that as well. And I make sure that she feels comfortable, that she can always tell me something or talk to me. And I let her know whenever we go to a new place, kind of who's in charge, like at preschool or or at the, the daycare at church. You know, I introduce her to the adult in the room and say, this is who you can go to if you need to use the restroom, if you have a question. Here is, you know, Miss Bridget. This is your go-to person. Um, Because I can remember as a child walking into certain places and kind of not knowing who to trust. In this day and age, that can be so, so hard too. And with my background in news, I sadly have a hard time trusting anyone. Right. Um, but I don't, but I can't live my life in that fear and I don't want her to have that fear either. So we walk in with happiness and joy until we need to feel otherwise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's probably because you are right. And it's, it's probably just about everybody. Things that they remember from their childhood are, are, are different emotional things, you know, and I can remember because as a kid too, sometimes the littlest thing can seem like the world's ending. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, because you don't realize the world is so much bigger. Right. And, yeah, I don't know. It's uh... So I think you need to acknowledge that. So when she comes home and is upset about something that happened in preschool, you have to acknowledge it. It's a real emotion. That was the most important thing in her day, and I don't want to brush it off. Right. So we make a point that – this is another good thing to answer your question. The phones are down. Our phones are down. The TV is off, and we make a point to talk to her. Mm-hmm. engage with her and the, our little one who was a year and a half. Because uh, my husband works outside of the home, and when he comes in, the first thing that happens is they attack him. They are so happy to see him, jumping all over him. And, and, and you want them to know that the attention is on them. We're their world. Yeah. And it's, uh, you strike a very, very interesting point there about the, the dynamic of uh, technology um, and and the influence that plays on um, a little child because I, I, I try and think back to when I was a kid if some of these things were had existed when I was a kid because I was one of the last age groups to kind of go through high school. I went through high school without Facebook. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't have. I never did like MySpace or anything like that. So it was. It was only until the end of high school graduation was approaching, and that's when I kind of created it to stay in touch with people as we were graduating. But then I thought, well, wait, you know, now that was like one of the last generations of people, last levels of people to go through like a major childhood phase without social media, without technology. Do you worry about that? About, I mean, obviously you're taking a a very hands-on approach in terms of limiting the um, technology. I do. I worry about it. I now, at the same time, when we're in the grocery store and things aren't going well, I'll hand them a video on the phone to right. watch. It's kind of a great parenting tool to have at the same time. So I very much appreciate it. But I, I do worry what they'll be exposed to because I think they're going to be exposed to things a lot sooner than I was. Right. Like the adult stuff. The stuff that they don't need to worry about or learn about. Yeah. They're probably going to start hearing it and seeing it in like first and second grade right. because it's going to be accessible. Which is terrifying. Yeah, it is. It is. Um. So I do, I have a lot, 
I have a lot of concerns about that. I also have concerns even about showcasing them on my social media accounts and in mm. my blog. And my husband and I decided that when they hit school age, so Lily will be in kindergarten in two years, I'm going to stop showing their face. Okay. Um, I'm comfortable with it right now. I am okay with it right now. But when they hit the school age, I, I want them to form their own identities. I don't want them to ever be, oh, hey, you're Kelly Brennan's kid. Right. I, I just want her to be Lily. Right. And so she can choose to then, when she's old enough, put out into the social sphere what she wants to, when she wants to. And I don't want her to ever be embarrassed by what I'm putting out there either. So there's there's going to be a shift in my content at some point. Okay. And I think that will come naturally. Um, it, it's, 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 it's cool that you're doing that because... And it's cool that you you're putting an emphasis on okay technology's great you know the it is a it is a resource it is a wealth of knowledge and and a very beneficial thing but there's also this time that you have where the phones are down the TV's off and we're talking you know right. this is just as important as this you know the the video games and the videos might be more fun you know or they right. might be more engaging but um, we have to talk. You know, we have to communicate. Yeah. Our best times are when we can just step outside the front door and go play with the neighborhood kids. Yeah. You know, shut it all down and focus on what is so important and it's right in front of you. And I, and I think it's, uh, I don't know, it's fascinating to me to kind of look at the different levels of, uh, of what kids seem to be good at or comfortable with. Um, I, I, it seems like nowadays, kid, I know with my, my nieces, my nephew, they're all ready to take a picture. They know it. It's like, boom, pic- I remember as a kid being like, oh, picture time. Okay. And then you take some stupid looking picture because you didn't, you weren't comfortable in front of a camera. You know, it was like, it didn't happen that often. So it was like, oh, okay. Picture taken. <laughs> but like, they're ready. It's like, they're, all, they're, they're constantly ready for a photo shoot. You know, it's like, boom, we got this. Let's do it. Knock it <laughs> they out. They know how to do the selfie. <laughs> me and the, me and the tiger. Yeah. At the zoo. Got it. Boom. In the bank, in the library. Um, so it's like the, the kids are getting good at different things that I wasn't good at as a kid. Um, but at the same time, I think the importance of going to a park and, and doing doing that thing um, where you're talking and you're communicating and it's just the, you guys, um, that allows their, their, their imagination to wander, yeah. I think. And that's something that I had as a kid that, I mean, it was like all imagination all the time. And it really kind of helped me develop into who I am today. But um, so I see the kids, I see kids now where it's, they have this thing where they're engaging with video games and it's like they have this hand-eye coordination and it's like, boom, 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 boom. They're doing it. They're watching a screen and they're reacting. There's that dynamic. Then there's also this dynamic where they step away and now they can use their own imagination to create their own little world and play pretend or whatever it is. Yes, I agree with that. I think there is, is total value to it. I just think we need a great balance of everything. If you go to the playground, for example, you're just you're learning kind of also how to fend for yourself or help other people. You know, if you're in line to get on the slide and the kids are fighting, you're figuring things out there and making connections in your brain and firing those that you wouldn't get sitting in front of the video screen. But I see I do see your point there. And I just I really emphasize the balance at home. And that's what that's what we work for. Okay. yeah. Everything in moderation. Yeah. It's like a pretty good rule. for. I think it's good for adults, too, for all of us. Yeah. Just about anything. Um, 
Again, kellybrennan412.com if if you're a, a mom or a woman and you feel like you need some type of support or just, you know, read about someone that's maybe feeling the same things you're feeling. There's a lot of content on there. Um, you can pick through photos and, and blog posts and different articles that can, you know, maybe teach you something, but also, uh, you know, just at the very least, the very, very least, being, you know, remind you that you're not alone. Amen. You know? That's the point. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Kelly. It's just good to see you. you it's too. been a long time. You look good. Thank you so much for having this me. Is a, this is fun. I, do, I enjoy doing this. I appreciate everybody listening. And um, again, Kelly Brennan, 412.com. She's on uh, Instagram, um, uh, Kelly Brennan, 412? Yes. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's pretty much all the same. Okay. So it's all universal at this point. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. And uh, so check out our content. Um, I'm going to leave you um, with Mother's Day being being just around the corner. I, I, I really wanted to do this podcast now. Um, so a happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you, Mark. And all the mothers out there. Um, we'll probably have a musical guest back on next month. Um, but I will leave you with another track from my album, um, Character Witness, that just came out. Um, and so you guys take a listen to that. I appreciate it. And uh, again, y'all do me a favor and believe in yourselves. And uh, we'll catch you next month. Next to you